and we're live in five, four, three, two, one. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Chronicles of Runeterra. I am Mike. And I'm Sean. And we are here once again, finally back for another episode. Ooh. Yes, it's been a while. But this it's worth it because we are yeah. back here again with one of the best actors in this series of Arcane. And that is, of mm-hmm. course, the voice you just heard. That is Heimerdinger, played by Mick Wingert. How pumped yeah. are you for this? Oh, I, you have no idea. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but like, uh, you know, I, Heimerdinger is um, iconic in the league mm-hmm. IP. It's funny because like people like he's not that much that played anymore. Right? right. But if you if you started in the beginning with league, like everyone you, you knows know. Heimerdinger. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, it just, you don't only know him, you know, his voice lines teasing you when he kills (laughs) you. (laughs) I can do it better. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's so trolly. It's hilarious. (laughs) He is. It's amazing. Um, (laughs) he's just, he he knows he's smart, you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, just being able to see this interpretation of Heimerdinger on the screen and being, it being so much more than what Mike and I could ever imagine is just, uh, we, I mean, we're spoiled, right? We're spoiled at this point. Exactly. Um, Absolutely. But hey, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take it all in. So, but uh, yeah, being able to have Mick on the on the show, I'm super pumped. So um, I hope you guys are pumped too, because I mean, just being able to, to listen, to, I mean, he, he's got just, you know, a, a history of uh, knowledge and experience in the industry. So um, yes, I, I can't absolutely. wait to to pick his brain and to really dive in. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited just to, to round out that question. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> exactly. Well, for everyone just tuning in now, maybe you're coming in just because you heard that we're having this interview um, or maybe you're tuning in after the Jason one, but I just want everyone, you know, just to rehash what we do here. Um, Chronicles of Runeterra. We do talk about everything relating to arcane, but more importantly, we also expand to everything that's going to be related to the cinematic universe of League of Legends. So we know mm-hmm. that there's live action movies coming. We know that there's more animated series coming there might be live action series coming we don't know but we do know a bunch of that stuff is on its way and we're going to be breaking down all of it just like we do with this arcane show so definitely stay involved hit the subscribe button and uh, of course as always uh for reviews um, if you guys leave a five-star review on apple podcast or spotify unfortunately with spotify you can't leave comments yet but if you do choose to leave a comment with your five-star review on apple podcast at least um, we will read out your review um, live at the end of this episode. We will catch back up with the ones um, that we've had since. And of course, thank you so much to all of you guys that have supported us and all the new follows, likes, and subscribes that we've had from you guys. It seriously means so much. And, um, you know, it's not, it doesn't just mean a lot for us. It also means I, I feel like it, it at least helps a little bit, you know, for all of the actors that we're having come on here as well, you know, the voice actors mm-hmm. and everything. Um, Cause we really want to support them too. And hopefully you get to know them a lot better and maybe their, their bodies of work outside of this show. So, yeah. 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 And, and one thing, you know, I've seen with a lot of these, um, a lot of voice actors is, you know, they, they love the fans, right? Yes. So, um, 
you know, if, if you uh, listen to this interview and you go, man, Mick sounds like such a cool guy, like odds are he's probably going to be at, at a uh, Comic-Con near you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just keep it, keep your ear to the ground and, and see if you can uh, you know, get a ticket to be able to meet him in person. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, definitely. We're here to support the voice actors and, and all the hard work that they put in. That's right. Well, with all that being said, let's not take up too much time at the beginning. We are going to yep. talk about the interview at the end, just Sean and I, once we're finished up with the, the whole interview process. So stick around for that afterwards. But let's go ahead and kick it off. All right. You know him from voiceover roles such as Tony Stark in What If, Vigilante in Arrow, Poe in the Emmy Award winning Kung Fu Panda Legend of Awesomeness, and most recently, Arcane Nation's favorite furry Yoda. He's the brilliant and cautionary yordle grandpa we all wish we had give it up for mick wingert Woo! yeah Woo. thank you guys thank you, thank you <laughs> welcome so welcome Both to the you. show we're so excited to have you here i'm a big fan i'm excited to be here I'm, it's my privilege man let's start off with something that is on everyone's mind how the hell did you manage to make heimerdinger's voice so perfect um wow uh thank you first of all for telling mm-hmm. me that it was perfect uh Actually, this one was a, it was, it was easy for me to get into the vocal placement um, as I'll end up reiterating, I'm sure several times during the podcast, like this particular role for me was booked, what we would call out of the booth. It was just an open audition that they sent around and, um, and that's what I submitted on. Uh, and then was, mm-hmm. I got involved in the, what, what we call the callback process as they were narrowing down who they want to work with. And when we got that initial, you know, w- open casting call for, he- for Heimer, um, mm-hmm. I noticed that he was an existing character from an existing IP. And though I didn't play League of Legends, I made sure to like look up, you know, video footage of the character and some of the animated shorts right. that, um, that Riot Games had put together featuring this guy. And I, it was one of the things where the, the original character actor from the video game was just working in a range that is comfortable for me which is right up here like this and um (laughs) it was you know it doesn't sound like me my regular sound obviously but i can sustain this for for a long long time and not worry about it um but really the the key to this particular um character was so much less about matching the existing work in terms of the Mm -hmm. vocal placement it was so much more about making sure that this guy was going to fit in the real and gritty world of arcane and um and that's that was really where i poured my heart and soul into in, in practicing and it was was getting this really kind of larger than life extraterrestrial kind of sound as it were but in a very mm-hmm. real character with a very real heart um to match the tone of the show i think um I, not to jump the gun too much but but that was one of the things in the audition process that david lyerly and his crew were communicating to me as well as christian and alex who are the writers uh, and exec producers like they were super concerned about putting Heimerdinger in to begin with because they weren't sure that a yordle with its kind of fantastic elements would fit well in the very mm-hmm. human story that they were telling mm-hmm. in Piltover and Zahn. And uh, so that, 
you know, they were, they had some reticence about including them, but thankfully for me, um, Heimerdinger is one of Christian Link's favorite characters. So he was really committed to putting Heimer in there. And, and, and so that's what the audition process was for me was more, was less about, was I getting the right placement, but more about, could I pull off the acting? Could I pull off the the depth of character that they wanted for this level of storytelling. And that, that I'm very proud to say and very grateful to say uh, I was able to pass muster on. No, absolutely. Well, and, and I just, you know, it's, it's, uh, sorry, I was totally geeking out when you went into Heimer's voice right there. It's just like, <laughs> well, you know, no problem. It's amazing. Uh, just to kind of give you some context, like, like Mike and I, we've been playing League of Legends since the beginning and, uh, you know, we're, we're very familiar with these characters. And so, you know, we, with us, it's like, OK, we're hearing this voice over and over mm-hmm. for literally hours mm-hmm. on end. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is really close to us. And uh, I know it's close to to gamers that that play the game. Right. Right. And right. there's a certain uh, level of expectation that we have whenever it comes to these characters and um, in their portrayal. And I just, you know, with Heimerdinger, you you bring a certain level of like humanity to such a I don't mean to use this word in like a it's not a negative way. It's like in a in a fascinating way. But like it's it's a very kind of like bizarre voice mm. that, you you know, you wouldn't hear that from a, from a regular human. But everything was just so human and grounded oh, whenever you were performing it. It was really just. Yeah it exceeded our expectations. Um, and I, I get, I feel comfortable speaking on behalf of the entire gaming uh, league <laughs> community to say that you really crushed it. Well, thank you, my boy. You pay me a very high compliment. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be amazing to listen back. I know. <laughs> We've talked about him 30,000 times before. So <laughs> hearing his voice play out and actually like, you know, talk back to us is a very interesting thing. Yeah, it's it's blowing my my mind right now. Exactly. <laughs> I'm yeah. here to blow your minds, guys. I'm here to blow your minds. <laughs> um, but, but let me just pull this question out of the pile real quick just mm-hmm. because it kind of goes along with um, the question line that you were talking about there. But um, in regards to having this kind of whimsical character that needs to be grounded in reality, um, as you said, like that definitely does seem like it was a it was a challenge. Is there any kind of particular thing that you did to try to stay in that zone or was it really just kind of the writing that did it itself? Well, I I would be remiss if I didn't give appropriate props and and respect to the writing. I think Christian and Alex and their team did it has done have done a great job. They've they have crafted uh, a story that really transcends and I, I not saying that because I'm on a press junket I'm saying that as a fan right. of the show um right and and it's really an honor to be part of something that's kind of that special um for the landmark nature of both the story and the presentation of the story I will say mm-hmm. that the thing that helped me uh stay out of cartoony land because that's right that's was really the the worry it mm-hmm. wasn't that uh Heimerdinger wouldn't be enjoyable it's that again he had to feel real as you've already alluded to as I've already said he's got to f- match the ethos of the show and right and and the the way to stay out of that was to was to really treat him like a, an actual person and a character I um I teach and coach voiceover acting and voice acting for um for students of all different 
you know, talent levels and skill levels. And one of the things that I'm very fond of saying is that whether you're playing an animated forest creature or, uh, you know, an anthropomorphic pencil or, you know, a hand-drawn human being, this dirty little secret about cartoon characters or animated characters in general is that they're all made of people. They're Soylent Green. They're made of people. And to that end, like if you can find the humanity, even in a, even in a character who has a silly sound, you know, like I was just doing, it was cutting up earlier doing this voice, you know, and uh, (laughs) this is almost like a Hank Hill kind of a thing. Um, Right. And, and what would make this, the difference between this just being a goof that I would do at a party and an actual character I'd play is, can can this guy have real emotions? Like, can he get frustrated at the stupid computer that's not recording the way it should be? Or can he be, like, <laughs> totally head over heels smitten in love with the object of his desire? Right? It's That's what makes the character come to life. And mm-hmm. so for me, right. I'll just go back, going back to the audition process... Um, for me, it's important to identify where I've seen these kinds of characters before, and it, I can't express how profound it was for me, but when I read these sides, the sides they gave me for the audition uh, that they sent out to everyone were uh, mm-hmm. the very first scene where Heimer pops his little head in uh, when amazing. Jace is locked up. And, mm-hmm. right. and I just, I mean, I didn't know how they were going to stage this. I didn't know what was at stake. I just had this sense of the relationship between Heimerdinger and Jace of mentor and pupil of professor and student. And it just read to me like, like a Dumbledore and Harry Potter scene where you had this elder mentor figure who was personally invested in the education of his protege that was also helping him navigate something difficult, a a spot of trouble that he had gotten in. And I was like, you know, Heimerdinger is basically Dumbledore, but without magic instead with science. Mm -hmm. And and that, the reason I bring that up and I've, I brought it up in, in, you know, uh, con panels and other other public venues before the the reason i bring that up is because it did have that profound sense of of for me of being able to go okay if that's the box that these two characters fit in or or if they fit in those boxes with these other characters these jk rowling characters that gives me a paradigm in which to play this and i can ground that in reality i can be the wiser guy who who's helping somebody, someone that got in trouble because they weren't watching what they were doing or they're just too young and naive to know what trouble it was. Like that, that would made it easy once I had that paradigm. And then that's mm-hmm. the basis from which I started creating the reality of, of who Heimer was as a person. And I think that's what, what, that's what drew David and his team to my performances is that I was really trying to play him like a person and a person that we've all met before. Yeah. And I think it definitely really shows like the team effort yourself, along with the animation team and the script writing, because I I definitely, you know, it was a concern of mine just knowing the world and uh, knowing Yordle specifically and how much they differ from the human landscape that they have there. Um, I I was a little concerned, but I got to say, whenever I saw the I mean, I was convinced at the very beginning, but especially whenever I saw the scene where he was voted out of the council. Oh, yeah. I was in tears on that. Devastated. Yeah. It it was insane. So, yeah, yeah, it was such an amazing, magnificent job from the whole team to create this character. I was just so impressed because 
beyond anyone else, I feel like this was the hardest character to nail mm-hmm. because it it was coming from such a different place. Yeah, and, and I think you know just and I, I totally agree with you, Mike. Where with this particular character, I was a little worried. Um, because I know how kind of off the wall he can come across as, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was really interesting to see all these people that you know they, they're not familiar with the IP, and they absolutely adore Heimerdinger. Mm. I was just like blown away because I, I knew like that's like you trying to sell the audience on, uh, you know, a talking little green old alien, right? Like that's. It's, yeah. And people aren't familiar with that kind of stuff yet, you yeah. know, um, and right. we, we've seen it in other, you know, like Star Wars. Right. We've seen it in um, Kung Fu Panda. Um, sure. you know, the, but it's we're we're entering an era where like I feel like we're kind of piercing the veil with this type of storytelling because it's it's not a, a children's show in any way like yes you know kids can can, they could watch it but i wouldn't recommend it you know (laughs) um but yeah it's it's taking it to that next level of going like no these are adult characters that have you know make adult choices and um seeing heimerdinger really um you know um really uh taken with that appreciation right in mind Mm -hmm. whenever they were creating Mm -hmm. them I was just like, oh wow! Like I, this was I was totally not expecting. So I thought he was going to be kind of a, a a goober that runs around building turrets and shooting <laughs> rockets and stuff. And it's like, it's like no, 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 no not at all. This is we got I way more than what we deserve. Member, also known as your engineer. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, just, I'm sorry. Half this uh, episode is just going to be me like complimenting Asking you for, on oh, and, like. <laughs> or okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I appreciate that, and and I'm gonna. Uh, I received the compliments and I also just want to bounce that over back to the writing staff. I think Christian mm-hmm. and Alex and their team had such a clear vision for how they wanted the Yordle population at large and specifically Heimerdinger to work in this world. That is something that I, I can tell you about the behind the scenes processes. Their biggest notes to me were we, we were really trying to make this character work in this world and we know it's a risk, but we we really want him there mm-hmm. and we yeah. want we want you as an actor to bring him to reality in a way that's going to fit and, and in a way that's that's going to keep this the, the ethos of the show the same. And right. yeah, they, they just did a great job of giving him, he has the best lines. I mean, he really does. He does. Um, he's, he has great lines. Yeah. yeah. So they love, they love the character, which made it easy for me to play the character. And thank you right. for the compliments. Absolutely. Yeah, no, not a problem. So that kind of leads into um, another question that we have where, you know, was there like a, a very specific moment, like when you're reading the script or whenever you were performing um, that you really you're just like yes I I'm gonna be this character like everyone get out of my way like this is mine kind of thing is there a moment that it, uh, Heimerdinger really resonated with you and you really just fell in love with him yeah you know there were a couple of moments number one from the very first uh, read through of the audition sides for me I I was I was like I know who they're going for here mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had to do with that, you know, the whole archetypes of Dumbledore and Harry and all that kind of stuff. But, but I also just kind of got the writing and, and so I was kind of confident from the beginning, but then when I got to the first callback and, um, and 
you know, David Lyerly, who was running the session, was so was so gracious and complimentary of my of my performance. Uh, but at the same time, he was like putting me through my paces. There were a couple of moments that I thought this is they're going for something very real and very deep here and they want me to stretch as an actor. They're giving me the room to do that. And that felt like if I have that room, I'm going to nail this. I'm going to grab this by the horns. Uh, or by the mm-hmm. furry oh, yeah. little yordle head, and um, <laughs> you know, grab it by the mustache, and and it really, I mean, their process was so collaborative for us as actors. Um, mm-hmm. It was, it was really, it was really one of the joys in this business that I've had, you know, in my entire career. One of one of the greatest joys wow. in my entire career. There's there've been there've been a few, but this is definitely one of the top of those list. Just just because right. it was an acting exercise and it was mm-hmm. an opportunity to get in and play the emotional truths of somebody who's seen, you know, genocide and Holocaust, as well as being kind of this quirky little professor of being so, so overwhelmingly positive that he's oblivious to the machinations going going on around him. There was just just such depth and and richness mm-hmm. That, that they were wanting and that they were giving me the freedom to play and that that, that that became super fun. Oh, it became so good. So I would say it was, you know, that was a key point, that callback point. And, and I just, I, as I was leaving the room, I'm like, I think, think I got that. I think, you know, if I'm not cast, it's not because I dropped the ball. It's because somebody right. else was a better fit. <laughs> yeah, not, right. not because I failed. Um, and you, as, you left it all out there on the field. Exactly. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that, that was a great feeling. Um, it was a great yeah. feeling. I can't remember if it was in the callback process or if it was actually during the recording of the show, because as you may have heard from Jason, I mean, this is the, the process of bringing arcane to life has been quite an odyssey for riot games. Oh yeah. Um, yes. But, uh, but I, so it's been a while. I mean, we recorded a few years ago now. Uh, but at one point right. I had to do the it's not going to happen here speech when Jace talks about magic in front of the council and he mm-hmm. right. uh, and Heimerdinger has to has to confront that and say, I don't think so. Um, and that that was a very meaningful moment for me to try to play for a number of different reasons. But but mostly because I just was I was trying to get in touch with what it's like to have 300 years of perspective and, and have lived through a great tragedy, which Mm -hmm. thankfully I have not done that. I've not done those things. Um, (laughs) But to get in touch with that worldview of of somebody who has, and that just even having Heimerdinger have that worldview is again, a, a tribute to the writers, right? They didn't just put this goofy little professor in there. Who's, you know, just a little obtuse and kind of comic relief. Like he has a deep history and a backstory and he's a founder of Piltover for a reason. And he's lived, he's lived through tragedy. And that, that is what makes the the depths of any great character that you would resonate with is the struggle that they've lived through. And, and that was very meaningful for me to get to play that moment, you know, in front of the council where, Mm -hmm. where Heimer says, you know, uh, no, we're not messing with magic. I'm the only one on this council who's seen what it can do and, and to know that they're, they were going to flash in montage at the, you know, destruction of Yordle village and all of these other things that, that Mm -hmm. happened. 
uh, it was big well, deal. Yeah. And I, I think that that was the thing that impressed me was, you know, initially when we meet Heimerdinger, he is his whimsical self, right? He's like, no, right. you're going to say that it's not, uh, it was just a, an accident. You're not pursuing magic, you know? Right. And then, you know, whenever you get to the council, like you, you hear that sternness in his voice and, you know, it's just mind blowing to me how like it commanded everyone's attention whenever he's like, you know, what, what did he say? It was like, a, it's enough, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. You realize like, oh, this this guy is not like just a one dimensional Yordle type of whimsy type of character. It's like and he has his own agency. Yeah, he got his own agency. And um, the way you, um, you know, your performance was able to like dictate uh, our attention during that moment was just, uh, you know, that was the moment where I was just like, oh, yeah, we're in for a treat here. Like this is going to be awesome. So, yeah. And then, you know, landed on so many levels. I'm so glad. (laughs) It was great. Yeah. So, um, just to kind of follow up on on something that you touched on real quick, you were talking about that one particular scene that you felt like really kind of um, like pushed you a bit. Is, is there any other scenes that really you felt like you know took a lot out of you, you know, emotionally or, or mentally or anything like that that was just really powerful and spoke to you? Um, for for sure, the the mo- the enough moment in the council, and then when as Heimer Dimmer, mm-hmm. Dinger unpacks in that in that scene you know, the, the tragedy he lived through, um, that was definitely impactful for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Heimer's journey into the undercity also was, Mm -hmm. was a, was a big impact for me. Um, I do remember reading, uh, the scene before in preparation for my session. Um, I got the pages of the, the vote out ahead of time, just like we did that's the other thing is like riot was very, very precious with the scripts. And so we didn't always get Mm -hmm. the full scripts for every episode. We Mm, would get interesting, you know, we'd get partial scripts sometimes other times we would get the full, the full episode, um, you know, depending on what their needs were and how, how important some of the plot twists were going to going to be. Um, but I remember reading this, this scene where he gets ousted and going, Oh my gosh, no way. Oh, that's gonna suck. (laughs) Not for me as an actor, because it's fun to play those, those emotional moments as an actor, but like for the audience, I was already projecting myself into the audience going, Oh, that's a, that's going to be a nice turn. Yeah. That's going to make a lot of people get the feels. Um, and, um, yeah, that that was one of those meaningful moments for me as well. So that when we actually got to play it, um, you know, and Heimer has that, oh, geez, don't do this uh, line. It just really. Yeah, it, it had a it had a moment to resonate for me as an actor, which was great. It, it I, I felt like I was there. I could feel the the, you know, the shaking of the head and the and the sadness in Heimer's eyes as he you know, was expressing himself of this is not necessary. Don't, don't vote me out. Don't take away my, my precious. <laughs> <laughs> that was literally in, in the podcast whenever we spoke on that particular scene. Cause each episode we expand to like a two hour conversation in a podcast. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but it's funny. We actually tried to tone down the size of it a bit. Cause we were like, no one is going to want that. But whenever we did, like we got tons of messages for everyone saying, don't you dare 
like make it any shorter than what it is. <laughs> so people loved the breakdown on that. But with that scene specifically, I think we talked about that scene for probably 30 or 40 yeah. minutes just nice. because it was so impactful. And, and not only like, I mean, especially like the twinkle in his eye or I shouldn't mm-hmm. say a twinkle because it's it's it wasn't a like a, yeah, it was a more a, of a whimsical. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. But like you, you see his, his eyes eye. kind of glaze yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. And um whenever he says that line to jace and he he says oh jace don't do that like oh it was my heart was ripped out of my chest in that moment it was (laughs) right you just see his exactly it's absolutely Uh, that that moment of you too oh god exactly uh yeah it it's it's devastating i think the other moment that it that i resonated with as an actor um in in and i relished the chance to play was the scene with victor where mm-hmm. Victor reveals that whatever illness he's got is going mm. to claim his life, and and you know Heimer says right. it's often the it's often the brightest stars that burn out the fastest, uh, and just <laughs> just having to play that moment of of that guy who who is who is so long in the tooth, who is so long lived, that he's mm-hmm. seen his own students come and go through the natural courses of their lifespans, and. Right. And what that means to him to see bright minds, brilliant minds, and people that he cares about pass away as the natural order of things. There's, there was part of me that's like, that was, as I was thinking that through and trying to figure out, you know, what, what's going on in, in Heimerdinger's mind at that moment, I could see a couple of things. Number one, you know, you become, if you're long-lived, long, yeah, if you're long-lived, you, you have a more distant perspective that, Exactly. Almost the way that we might treat pets, that we know we love our pets and we we're, they're dear to us and we grieve when they're gone. And there's it's not the same as when a parent dies or a child, dies, even though right. it is very meaningful, even though it is deep. And please don't at me, everybody. I know we love our pets. We treat them like, like <laughs> kids. I'm not saying you don't love your pets. I, I love my pets. I'm just saying that in the human condition, there is a certain distance between between ourselves and our pets that is different between parent and child, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. And so, and so there was that going on. There was that, you know, he's lived long. It's like, how does an immortal feel when, when a, an an immortal creature passes away? Yeah. Right. And then there's that, that other side where he does have a personal friendship relationship with Victor. This is his protege, his, his student, this is a brilliant mind that he's investing in and cultivating and pouring himself into. And that personal relationship, how much does that trump his distance from being, you know, a, a hundred, multi hundred year old character? Right. How much, yeah. how much does the personal relationship trump that and, and what's important there? Uh, and I'm hoping in that scene that, or what I was trying to communicate as the character was, was that, that tension between that tension between, well, all things die. And also, and also, but this is my friend, Victor. And, and that being intention for the professor, because, because both are true for him. Yeah. And I I think that definitely did. Sorry. Sorry, Sean. I'm going to go go rogue. I'm going to grab this real quick. (laughs) He goes rogue. But for that scene specifically, like when you were talking about, I remember once again, this was another scene that we broke down a lot and um, it really did deliver. I want to make sure that you know that it did definitely deliver 
on that because that was the first time whenever you felt or like you you finally kind of understood more of the dissonance that he was displaying yeah. mm-hmm. passively towards the other characters and it, it you did kind of get that realization of oh this is where he's coming from okay. and at the same time you did understand by that by that one specific quote that you mentioned which i literally have written down because it was so impactful to me so you know props to the writing room for that one cuz it was a beautiful line um but for that, you could tell that this wasn't also just another. There was something special about Victor as well. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't, it wasn't just another student, and and he, you could feel that in him. But he, you know, you know that kind of, as you said, like this kind of reluctant well, acceptance of inevitability that mm-hmm. the death is coming mm-hmm. for mortals. Mm-hmm. Like he was trying to maintain that perspective through it as well. So it, it's a tough area for him and I definitely sympathize, but you could feel all of that, which is most important as a viewer. Well, so, yeah. it, and that, that just, really impacts me. Thank you for saying yeah, I really, no that. That <laughs> scene was meaningful for those specific reasons. And to know that it communicated, at least for you means that I did Perfectly, my job. Yeah. Means that I did my mm-hmm. job. And that's, that's a huge <laughs> affirmation. So thank you. Well, and, and that, yes. that was the thing that I was kind of amazed by, right, was like, you know, typically like, you know, just on paper, you go, this character does not understand, you know, uh, exactly what how finite life is like he he's witnesses it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it, he's not a yeah. part of it. Right. And it was and typically on paper, you're like, oh, you know, I, I can't sympathize with a character like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just not the case with with Heimerdinger. Heimerdinger you know, you walk away going like, it's so unfortunate that he's, he can't, um, you know, uh, process exactly what, um, you know, Victor is, is going through. Um, and it wasn't a a, a place of, of, uh, anger or, or whatnot. It was just like, it was like, oh man, he's, it's just so difficult for an immortal being to be able to, to connect on that level because he, you know, as hard as he tries, he, he, he can only sympathize. He can't, you know, um, he put can himself empathize, in, right. He can yeah. empathize. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, it, that was, that was the moment for me that I realized like, oh, you know, it, it, he's not able to, to make that, um, that, that singular connection on that, that finite set of life. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, you know, I'm a big mythology guy. So, oh, you know, that was the thing that, that was, you know, that, that plighted the gods, right. Was right. like, they were immortal and they, they were, they were jealous of, of humans, you know, finality because, you know, that everything was precious Every to moment them. was more beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, you kind of see a little bit of, of that dynamic with Heimerdinger and, um, but the good news is I was going to say too, is, you know, he's immortal. So you've got a, a ton of work in your future. Um, with, I uh, love Mr. it. <laughs> I am up for the game. Let's do this. <laughs> Put me in, coach. Uh, I'm ready to play. It's, uh, <laughs> exactly. Uh, that's great. Um, one other thing before we go on to our continued line of questioning. This one actually isn't one that we wrote down that we wanted to ask, but it's something that you kind of touched on. Sure. And I remember with Jason, it was, um, you know, he had such a response because there was a huge amount of time in between when you recorded versus when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um and so what was the release of this like for you? Oh, is it anything like what you originally expected with the you know, reaction to it from the community? Um, I knew that it was going to be a big deal, but I honestly had no, no scope of what a big deal it was. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I-, I was blown away by the reception it received. Um, mm-hmm. 
in a in a good way. And 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 it gave me course, goosebumps yeah. to watch even the opening titles, just to watch you know the statues of the maquettes mm-hmm. in their colored lighting, you know, spinning around while while Imagine Dragons is playing in the background. I uh, sent goosebumps down my arms. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. This is a really big yeah. deal. And then to watch the story unfold and the beautiful animation style that the animation uh, crew came up with, the studio came mm-hmm. up with for this show, uh, again, just reinforced that this is, this is a big deal. But up, leading up until that point, I had no paradigm. I had none. I was. I, right. I knew it was going to be big because there was a big League of Legends fan base, but mm-hmm. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if it was going to transcend that or not. I mean, for the last several years, you could you you've been able to watch basically an anime on Netflix based on Dota Two, and that's right. there. And I'm not saying that it's bad or that the fans don't love it. They probably do, but it just didn't have the same impact as when Arcane fell. It, Absolutely it, not. It was no. more for the fans of the game who wanted their stories told in animation, and and in that sense, like perfectly met that job. But when Arcane hit, it was such a watershed crossover event. It was such a I don't know that crossover is the right word. That sounds like it's a Marvel movie. Uh, it's, <laughs> meaning cross cultural, I think is the better term. It's a it was yeah, a cross cultural right. event. It didn't just speak to League of Legends gamers, and yet it also spoke profoundly to them, as as mm-hmm. yes can be attested by your two hour podcasts on every thirty minute episode. Like, <laughs> yes. right? Like there was so much in there, and they 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 gave so much really good, legitimate uh, fan service to their community, but. But in but in a way that if you didn't have it, like I did not, I don't know much of the lore. Uh, and not having that, I didn't feel like I was missing anything from the show. Yes, yeah. I felt like well, I could it, still track with each of these characters, each of these pairings as they were pairing off in different couplings. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of you know storyline and and or romance, uh, in some cases, like I could keep up with all these relationships, and I could I could. I could stay with each of these characters as they, as they went from point A to point B, right? As Jace goes mm-hmm. from young idealist to trying to make a difference to, you know, knowing where he stands um, and what he will do and what he won't do. I felt like I was watching that and going, I resonate with this. This isn't, this isn't a cartoon. This is, a, this is an action drama that happens to be animated. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. And I think that that really comes out because, you know, there was we were really surprised at how many people were messaging us just saying like, oh, you know, we we love the show and we knew nothing about the IP going in. Mm -hmm. You know, we just found it on Netflix and we watched it and we absolutely loved it to the point where they're seeking out a podcast over it. Right. That's amazing. So, yeah, exactly. So that, that tells you just like how how welcoming it is to people who have no idea about, you know, what the game is like or anything like that. It's, it's really its own separate thing that can stand on its own two feet, which was probably one of the most beautiful things uh, that, that came out of it. Because for me, especially like I love, I'm a huge lore fan of league of legends. And so whenever this came out, obviously I was freaking out. Um, But more importantly, just the fact that, 
this world gets to be shared with people who aren't involved with the game is a really big deal. Mm. And like the story that came out of it and all the acting was just so top notch that it made it so accessible to everyone else, which is just amazing. So yeah, I I really love how, um, how huge of an impact this thing got. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I'm sure you obviously enjoyed it as well. I have a question for you guys actually. Yeah. Yeah. If you'll allow me to turn the tables. Uh, and whether or not you allow me, I'm going to. So (laughs) (laughs) I actually have a question for you guys. And this comes out of my heart as a voice acting teacher and coach, um, Mm -hmm. as, as, as guys who have invested, as you've already said, hundreds of hours in this game, dozens of hours, at Mm -hmm. least into this, into the game league of legends, Mm -hmm. how, Mm -hmm. um, did it, how did the casting, uh, impact you for the show? were you feeling uh encouraged discouraged were were you looking for the the purity of having the voice actors that you knew were in the game be in the show and was that a was that a letdown when when the cast was revealed to be mostly like television actors and voiceover actors like did it what was your what was your reaction to that to the fact that they cast differently than the game yeah, so I'll let Sean go first I'm going to jump in. So like I, yeah. I have and and I'm I'm very weird, but like I have a certain um process when it comes to consuming content that I'm really excited for. Okay. And what I do is I just completely omit it. Like I I do not do research. I do not um you know, I I may watch the first trailer which I did with Arcane the okay. It was like the the very first trailer that even has some stuff from the the initial cut that they uh, made, right? Oh, sure. And um, from there, like, I just, you know, we've been um, big fanboys of Riot for a long time. We've we've uh, we've known about Christian Link and um, the the man's a rock star, right? Oh, my gosh. Um, And we've been, um, you know, following these 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 people's careers um, since, you know, what was it? 2011. Right. Mm-hmm. And one thing that we've kind of grown accustomed to is like, we, we actually, <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre saying this cause it, you, we can't really say this about any other studio, but we, we have so much confidence in Riot yeah, games in Riot. <laughs> when it comes <laughs> to, to the characters that, you know, we, it's one of those, I was like, I'm just going to let it wash over me. I'm not going to do any type of, you know, recon to figure out you know the the drama behind the scenes like i wanted to come in fresh um like like a uh you know a, a, a five michelin star restaurant right sure. um let it let it surprise me so um from my standpoint whenever i did hear the voices and i did see how the characters engage with each other it was such a a rich and like um fulfilling experience that yeah. it was it was one of those things where um, that type of question that you had where it's like, you know, is, you know, as, as the perspective, like, are there certain expectations? Mm-hmm. I was so enraptured in it that all th- those thoughts weren't even in my head. Like it was just, it was from the get go. I was like, oh wow, this is incredible. So they, <laughs> it, it was, it was one of those things where like every time a new character showed up, it sold me in the first two seconds. Oh, like, amazing. and I was like, wow, like this is, uh, they really outdid themselves. And and you know unfortunately i'm not going to point out names or anything but there there is a you know we we're in an age where content is so um ubiquitous and it's so you know ever expanding like we can just consume but unfortunately there's a lot of schlock out there right mm, yeah and with this one i could immediately tell like in 
I'm sure, you know, Mike could immediately tell that there oh, was yeah. a certain level of, of love and passion put into this project that, um, you know, just uh, it oozed off the, the screen. So, mm-hmm. yeah, from that was, you know, an answer to your question <laughs> from me. <laughs> I but, appreciate uh, Mike, that, if yeah. you want to jump in, I didn't just <laughs> stop. Yeah. Me. So mine, mine is mine is uh, totally different from <laughs> you. Actually. I was I was riddled with expectations. Oh, um, really? Well, wow. interesting. yeah, interesting. I, I really did. I, I am such a huge lore fan is, is my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so the world is very precious to me, honestly. Like I even I don't know if you know like just how far back the lore goes but originally whenever the game was first created there was like a very light version of the lore because it was not what they were really focused on at Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. and um about a a few years later um they decided to rework the lore entirely and create an actual cohesive story behind it i read and followed both versions of the lore so i've been there for forever now um and so watching this world come to life on the screen was something that i really was like okay Video game movies don't have the best reputation. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder how this is going to go. But one thing that I do know is that Riot does not half-ass anything. They full-ass everything. Right. right. So yeah. <laughs> that helped me a lot, <laughs> knowing that. That's but, um, but yeah, I did have, like, expectations, especially for the narrative, um, specifically, I think, um, that I wanted them to follow. And interestingly enough that was not really what happened Interesting. Um, which I think what makes this even better actually for me or just such a testament to the show um, this is definitely not like the same story that we see in League of Legends canon Mm -hmm. um, for a lot of these characters and I know a lot of people we've even had an hour-long discussion that we put on our pod about this before Mm -hmm. as far as are they going to try to merge it? Are they going to rewrite parts of the canon lore to match up with Arcane because it's become such a phenomenon? Like we don't know yet, but I do know that like I I I didn't know it was going to be like that going in, and after I saw how it was going, I think if it wasn't done so excellently, um, I would have been upset. But at the end of the day, whenever it was all said and done, I was like, this is so much better than what exists in our canon lore. Mm. I want this to be our I want this lore. to be so, lore, right. Exactly. Like, uh, So I'm number one advocate for them to uh, fuse this and, or just basically replace what they have um, and put this in as canon lore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because it was so well done and I could tell that every single word spoken, not only acted, but also written, mm-hmm. was such a a powerful thing and carefully crafted with so much love and passion for the IP itself. So it really spoke to me on every single level. And yeah, so I was, I was really going into it very nervous. But, uh, <laughs> I, I left so happy. It was crazy. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. To yeah. Hear. And you know, just from the voice actors perspective, like there, mm-hmm. are, there is so much media out there. And so many franchise properties like this have different forms of media uh, and, and, and so many different people sometimes playing the same characters. Here's a great example. Like uh, Mm -hmm. I want to say maybe five, maybe seven years ago, I got the, Mm -hmm. uh, the awesome opportunity to be in a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game. I got to be Raphael. Mm -hmm. So now I can officially say I was a turtle. And at the same time, <laughs> a lot of people have played Raphael. A lot of people right, have right. played the Ninja Turtles. So it isn't as precious. But when you're dealing with something like 
League of Legends, from a voice acting perspective, we're always conscious of when we're taking somebody else's job or when Mm -hmm. we are picking up a baton that somebody else is handing off. And that can sometimes be a sticky wicket for those of Mm -hmm. us in the industry. Uh, I think a great, a great example of that is, is the recent fall, uh, kerfluffle over what is known as Bendergate now. Uh, if you've been mm-hmm. following the the Twitterverse, uh, mm-hmm. they rebooted again Futurama, but originally they were rebooting right. it without John DiMaggio as Bender. And a lot of right. us, you know, basically took it as a, a, a chance to get on our soapboxes and say, yeah, you're, you're going to pay John to be his character because we're, yeah. not, we're not going to yeah. audition for that opportunity. Well, I mean, plus that Bender doesn't happen Bender. all the time, yeah. He's number one. <laughs> What's that? Well, and it, it, it is different when, you know, you know, someone uh, passes away or something like that, or they just you know, can't fill it and they, you know, and whatnot. But like the, the man is still alive and kicking. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you right. know, like the, there's no excuse besides your budget at this point. So, right. Um, but yeah, no, definitely. But, and that's, but, that's one of the things that, that we try to do is, is we want to bring uh, much more uh, reverence and endearment for the, the voice actors, right? Sure. Um, because, yeah. we, you know, Mike and I grew up with the Saturday morning cartoons. We grew up with um, Toonami and Cartoon mm-hmm. Network and Adult Swim. Yep. Right. And for us, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like people are call, coming in and saying, oh, we're going to get this, you know, big name person to play this character. And I'm like, why? The, the other guy did great. Like, and right. he's, you know, it, it's voice acting. And it's not like you got to, you know, get in super shape to, to play the, the role and stuff. Like, you know, it, these are things that are close to those people's hearts. So like for me personally, I'm, I'm a, a huge advocate of supporting our, our voice actors and the voice acting community. Um, and, you know, try to, it, that, that kind of leads me into uh, one of the questions that I had, Yeah, let's go. Um, which is, you know, what, what's a, what's a, uh, you know, if you could give one or two pieces of advice to aspiring voice actors and actresses, um, you know, listening to this right now, uh, what would that be? Um, let me give this as a preamble. This is what I want to say Mm -hmm. to everyone who wants to be a voice actor around the world. Number one, Mm -hmm. the game has changed. When I wanted to get into the industry was uh, around the early 2000s. I had, I graduated in the early nineties, went to college and then did, did Mm -hmm. my thing for a while. I wasn't a, I was a child performer like at my local community theater, but I wasn't an industry kid, right? I didn't, didn't do uh, big media stuff. I didn't live in Los Angeles. Uh, when I came down, it was still kind of the old school mentality, which is that there were 50 to 75 people in the Los Angeles area that all worked in cartoons. And mm-hmm. these were a combination of people who came came here to be actors and fell into cartoon voice acting because it was a good paying gig and people who uh, had come to Los Angeles to be part of that particular industry because, like myself, they had, you know, grown up being fans of it. Well, Mm -hmm. with us Gen Xers who did grow up on Saturday morning cartoons and and remember Mm -hmm. the 1990s Warner Brothers Renaissance and the Disney Renaissance and and the advent of Adult Swim and Toonami and all of these programming blocks that made it okay to watch cartoons as a more mature audience and not just as little kids, um, came a huge dearth of people who want to do this for a living. And... Along that right. same trajectory, what's happened is the the advent of streaming media, where 
you know, back in the 80s and 90s, it used to be you were either a film star or a television star. And if you were a film star, you looked down your nose at television stars. And if you were a television star, you looked down your nose at kids' television stars because that was the (laughs) ghetto of all programming. And that was the last. (laughs) That's where actors went to die was kids. Right. And that is not the case anymore. So what I would say to anybody who wants to get into voice acting is, number one, understand the the entertainment industry as it is today to the best of your ability. Mm -hmm. Figure out like how things are made. Study as best you can from an amateur or hobbyist perspective, the development of a project. Um, Pay attention to to casting trends. Because if you really want to work in this business, it really is a job, and there are certain skills that are required for that job, and there's also a certain way to navigate that. Now, what right. I mean by it's not the same as it used to be is that pool of people that used to be about 75 people strong, and they had to play all the, po- the roles in town. Well, now all that work is getting farmed out across, sometimes across the nation, sometimes across the globe, and... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That those those lanes that used to exist between your film actors, your TV actors, and then your striations, right? You'd have TV uh, series regular actors, then you'd have people that were guest stars, then you'd have co-stars, and you'd basically have to work your way up a ladder to build right. a career. Um, and those those lanes are gone. Um, yeah, I, everything's I, I muddy. Can, I can say now publicly that. Um, that DreamWorks, for example, is because it's now public knowledge, is has commissioned a new Kung Fu Panda television show. Well, there were two I, previous television that, yeah. shows that I was the panda in, but in this one, it's Jack. Because yeah. as a global level celebrity, he wants to do episodic now. And mm, right. that's his I mean, it's his character, it's his call. So so there isn't the need for me in in that mm-hmm. show per se, if that makes sense. And that's different than it's ever been when you see shows like whatever uh kung fu panda dragon knight or whatever it's called that that dream that dreamworks and netflix are pulling together or you Mm -hmm. see something Mm -hmm. like monsters at work um on disney plus and they're and it stars billy crystal and john goodman that's a great indicator of how much this style of entertainment is going not just mainstream, but is going to big names. When Chris Pratt yeah. is, cat is, is cast as Mario. Yeah, we were about oh, to say we that. Literally we literally were just talking about that. Right? That <laughs> is like, an indication. Oh, okay. And that's, that's, a, that's a stunt casting. And, and no, I, no shade at Chris, honestly, because I think mm-hmm. of, of all the, the comedy actors and, and leading men out there, he actually has some, some voiceover bona fides. So mm-hmm. it's not like he's being thrown in the booth and could, give two shits i think he will he will actually do a good job in terms of like mm-hmm. bringing his skill to it now whether it's a miscast or whether charles martineau should have gotten it i don't want to we don't need to debate that uh because right. because i i would stand with just about everybody who says you know if the guy's doing a great job why would you take that away from him? um yeah. right but like roger craig smith is doing a great job as sonic and it's mm-hmm. still J- uh ben schwartz who's who's sonic in the movie Mm-hmm. Um, right, but then you get little victories well, like Tails is still being called, played by Colleen O'Shaughnessy, so that's pretty right. awesome because she's been playing Tails for years in all the games. Yeah. Um, so you know what I would say, back, coming back to the advice part, understand how the industry works, and then your best foot forward is always going to be your acting chops. Take acting yeah. classes, do community theater, study acting in school if you can, do whatever you can to get beyond 
silly voices or character voices and get into voice acting because that's really, that's the only weapon you've got against celebrity. So either you become a celebrity mm-hmm. yourself and or an influencer. That's one way to get into voice acting. But it's, right. it seems like a hard workaround to me. Like, yeah. I want to yeah. do kids <laughs> entertainment, so I'm going to get famous. Um, <laughs> right? Like that's not practical. So the one thing yeah. that is within your reach is if you're going to spend your time, energy, and money, don't work on your Homer Simpson impression. They're never casting for Homer Simpson. Yeah. Don't give right. me a good Bugs Bunny sound alike because Eric Bowes has got that sewn up. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't have it sewn up, then Billy West has it sewn up or Jeff uh, Bergman has it show- sewn up. Like there are mm-hmm. already guys working that are that can do that voice for a few more decades. What will really serve you is can you emote on a microphone in a way that creates a character that'll get you mm-hmm. in the room? Right. That's well, it, that's my greatest piece of advice. Yeah. And, and with, you know, Arcane, I think a lot of our audience understands, you know, the level of um you know voice acting that you need to get at in order to to be seriously considered right it's right. it's it's being able to I think to, this is a new standard honestly yeah no it really is and it really is th- yeah well and the thing is too is you know we're, we're big anime fans and we've seen mm-hmm. the the dramatic you know kind of um I don't want to say improvement because it just was a different time in anime during that time but we're seeing a much more um, you know, serious and, and adult centered storytelling um, in the anime community as well. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened is we've, and this is just something I've witnessed over time is, you know, you get the kind of the, the, the more hokey, um, you know, impersonations of, of um, voice acting where now it's like, okay, we're getting serious drama thrillers that need to deliver this line and uh, make you cry right afterwards. Right. Yeah, like, and, yeah. And it just blows my mind that we're seeing that and it's still, you know, paper or pencil on paper uh, right. characters. Right. right. Yeah. Um, and it just in in my in my mind, I'm like, that just shows you the level of of, um, you know, uh, gravitas or, or expertise that you have to have in order to deliver those voice lines, because it. it I'm not going to say it's easier to do with whenever you're an actor or whatnot, like it's it's very difficult, but it's it's different whenever you're a piece of that character that has to work in collaboration with all the other pieces in order to deliver that that whole experience right 100 100 yeah so yeah i think that um arcane specifically has added a lot of validation to the medium like i that's probably i don't know if that that feels like it's naive to say i don't know but either way like it really you know as a show that literally went up to IMDb's I think it was at number eight at its peak top TV show in the world amazing Mm -hmm. um I mean that I really feel like that made a difference yeah and so and we're we're not disillusioned you know we we all have family and friends that just immediately dismiss you know uh, animation because it's animated you know um and so this I think with with arcane and you know um what's the other one recently uh castlevania right yep we're yeah. seeing much more like mm, the path like, is being forged the, even further. exactly it's, it it's like, like yeah. it, it feels like uh, uh moses is splitting the red sea right now right we just gotta get <laughs> through it yeah. <laughs> you know but so. but with that it does it really is just um to bring it back to what you were saying um 
like it really does show like we are seeing these lanes kind of all meld together and yep. now i we are getting it's a double edged sword with the success of this medium mm-hmm. we are seeing bigger names come and step down to this medium yep absolutely and we are like uh, we are kind of seeing this cannibalistic thing where i do think talent is being sacrificed for a bigger name yeah, because that is it's, happening for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, because we are taking, you know, people who exist in a physical medium of acting versus people who have learned to act um, and emote in, uh, you know, the, the animated form, which is uh, in, you know, in that particular part, at least much more difficult. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I do think that um, we are kind of, you know, having getting these reluctant sacrifices um, as this medium succeeds even more. What? And whenever I saw the casting for as Chris Pratt for Mario specifically, <laughs> that one for me, I was like, we are definitely there are better people for this role. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, 100 percent. There are totally much better casting choices uh, exactly. for this role. And and yeah. I, I I joined Twitter in its outrage uh, over some of the casting choices. I will say that Chris uh, Pratt strikes me as somebody with a pretty good work ethic. And so I don't think he'll right. do a shitty job, uh, pardon my language, but I do think that mm-hmm. I, I do think that your point, your point is indicative of of the trend. Like you like you just right. said, like giving up those sacrificial lambs of the blue collar working class kind of unknown voice actor or mm-hmm. ubiquitous voice actor uh, who's just, you know, keeping the lights on in favor of a celebrity name when it's not necessary. It's just exactly. not necessary. Exactly. Well, because um, at the end of the day, it mm-hmm. could be played better with someone else. Uh, yeah. Right? yeah. Well, and, and or, or equally you know, good, it, at least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. And and the thing is, is, you know, and I've talked to Mike about this and I, I was like, you know, no matter how, how small of a platform we have. Right. We've got a, a strong following. Like we want to to make sure that, um, you know, people uh, also kind of join in and, you know, we elevate you know, voice actors such as yourself. Oh, right. Thank you. And that way, we, you know, cause at the end of the day, like if, if the community demands it, right. The people that are buying the tickets are demanding it. Then Gotta give the people what they want. Then yeah. the, you know, the production <laughs> right. studios are going to, they're going to have a, they may not, you know, they may not uh, choose not to go with Chris Pratt, but they'll, they're going to have to think about it more. Right. They at least have to um, reckon with it is what I hear. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Along, along those lines, I, I just wanted to, you know, throw out there that, yeah, it's the the confluence the, the confluence of media has has changed so much. And to touch on something that you uh, that you just said a few moments ago about about anime and how anime is changing and and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, I really believe Arcane is is a watershed show on a number of levels. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Not just because it's beautiful animation. We've seen beautiful animation before. Maybe not this style, but mm-hmm. we've seen breathtaking animation since Absolutely. the advent of the medium. So it's not watershed in that it's breathtaking, though it is breathtaking. What's what is watershed, I think, is that this is the closest we have come as a culture to embracing Mm -hmm. animation for adult storytelling the way the Japanese have. Exactly. 100%. 100%. Yeah. This is the closest we've gotten to like an anime centric society where there are animated properties and or manga properties, comic book properties that are that are specifically written for adults, not just for kids, which is why in, you know, post-Arcane, it's laughable that, that the Academy Awards is going to make some sort of comment about animated features being something that parents sit through while kids enjoy. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. so out of touch 
with uh, yeah. with the the viewing audience. Um, it's it's this this mar- I mean, this is a a jumping point I think for us as a culture and a society as more of us Gen Xers continue to as we all continue to age, but more of us Gen Xers start moving into our later years and still want more and more content. And as millennials mm-hmm. and younger uh, continue aging and they want to take with them the way we did with us, their beloved childhood properties and or, and or um, uh, media style, mm-hmm. you know, in, right. in the form of anim- medium, in the form of animation, uh, animation, like as we're seeing the the populace age and hold on to this, we're getting closer and closer. I think to that Japanese aesthetic of of animation just being a storytelling art form for all ages, for yeah, all ages, absolutely. right? Well, it, and and the thing is, is you know we grew up in a time where like you know there were the the weeps right in high school. And oh yeah, you know we you didn't associate with them, and you know that's just <laughs> how it was. And that's just how it, it is, kids. Well, and, sorry. And what's fascinating? My, my brother, he's he's nineteen. He just went to he just started at college, and um, you know anime does not have that that type of. Um, you know, stigma. kind of stigma, uh, stigma yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. anymore. Now it's it's you know, if you're in the lunchroom and you're you know 16, 17 years old, you're talking about the latest Attack on Titan episode. You're talking yeah. about Jujutsu Kaisen. So I'm seeing the 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 tides are changing and they're changing very fast. Um, I think it's just one of those. I, I have to remind myself that things are changing, um, for the better in that realm. So they um, are. Just the fact that Gen Z is is so on board with it is uh, exciting for me as a as a, a weeb myself, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I love that. I love yeah. that perspective. Uh, and I think it is changing for the better. And, and back to the original point, and that is why, as you've already said, like just to, just to bring it home, like mm-hmm. that's why your acting mm-hmm. skills are so important because we are, yeah. we are telling stories for mature audiences now and, and doing a Saturday morning read on a show like Arcane is never going to cut it. It's never, yeah. it's never going to resonate exactly. with the intended audience. Um, you can't just do an episode of the Smurfs with that style of, of kids, you know, programming ghetto voice acting as it were. And I'm right. not saying anything and not casting any shade on those who have gone before. It's just <laughs> that it was a different style and a different standard. Yeah. Like, yep. yeah, you know, TV for kids used to be made by, Again, people who would consider themselves has-beens who are smoking cigarettes in the back in the back room, going, "I don't give a f- I don't give a flying fig what it is. Just get it on the air, right? <laughs> right, right. Or, so what if we have to recast that person? The kids don't give a shit. They don't care. Just get it on, right? And and that has totally changed. Now you have auteurs and you have you have showrunners and you have people who are trying to communicate something about our world. Mm-hmm. Not just yeah. fill a programming block uh, for yeah. kids. Yeah, it's gaining the fact the respect it, it's always deserved. Correct, yeah. correct, and that and that brings um, with it a necessary level of skill if you want to play in that sandbox. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, Sean, do you want to get back on the on the rails for the questions? Here? Oh, yeah, we were well, a little off the rails well, there. Sorry, guys. So, well, <laughs> no, well, no, 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 no. We 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 love that. That's the better. No, part. yeah, this is what people tune in for. So yeah. All right. So one thing uh, for me, just because like you have done so many other characters before, sure. um, 
given the vast array of voices uh, that you've absolutely crushed over the years, um, is there a voice of a character that you'd really love to play in the future one day or even um, especially and, one? And this can be I know, anything. Like if you've if you read a book and you're just like, oh, wow, like I, I would love to play oh, this guy in this random exactly. ass book, you know, or comic or something, you know, okay. whatever. Yeah. Well, like, that just, there that a, just a opened that the door for me. You? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, there is actually a young young adult series called Red Rising. Um, yes, yes, I've heard of Red Rising. Uh, Pierce yep. Brown has written, and I would love to play. I don't think I'd ever get cast as the main character Darrow, but I'd love to play maybe uh, Fitchner in that. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of you, for those of you, li- your listeners who know the property, uh, Fitchner uh, or or so- just somebody in that in that universe i would love to play in that universe in fact uh at one point cuz i produced my own audio drama um uh podcast called the hidden mm-hmm. frequencies and mine's a horror anthology kind of sci-fi horror a la um you know the twilight zone or outer limits or even tales from the dark side or tales from the crypt it's it's an anthology short form show and you can jump in at any episode but at one point mm-hmm. As we were getting our writers' room together for for our show, I was I was just finishing up a reread of the Red Rising trilogy, the original trilogy, and I actually reached out to Pierce Brown via his literary agent to see if we could do an audio drama version. But the rights were already wrapped up with with a studio because I I think there was a, a film greenlit at some time, and I I think it might mm-hmm. be stuck in development hell right now. Um, oh, I no. don't know too much about it, but mm-hmm. I do know that it's been several years since since somebody got the rights to it um, and nothing's happened yet. So, um, Mm. but they couldn't let me do the audio drama because it conflicted with the film rights, which made me really sad. So red rising, I would love to play in, Um, you know, I I've had the, the extreme privilege of playing the coolest superhero in any room in getting to voice Tony Stark, picking it up from Robert Downey Jr. Uh, So I think my, my dreams for the MCU are, pretty fulfilled at least from the heroic side though i would love mm-hmm. to play dr doom uh dr doom is just oh, one of the classic villains of all time yes that would be dope, <laughs> dope. um sick. and on on the dc side of things i would love mm-hmm. to uh i mean who wouldn't want to play batman hello uh yeah. well, of course but yeah. even mm-hmm. superman or or green lantern or one of the big mm-hmm. you know one of the big five would be awesome to play I, I feel like you'd be a really good Green Lantern too, oh, especially thanks. whenever you said that. I'm like, yes, that would mesh well. I yeah, think. I'd, I'd yeah. definitely yeah, be cool. put that green ring on. Um, one of my good <laughs> friends in the industry is Josh Keaton, who I adore, and um, if I'm allowed to say that, and um, you are, and I'm so jealous of him because he he's played Green Lantern. It was a short lived show, and it was brilliant. And they canceled it because the movie flopped. But there was a yeah. Tales of the Green Lantern Corps series that was on Cartoon Network That's for right. about three That's minutes. Right. And he was Hal Jordan in that. And I'm so jealous. Um, <laughs> but speaking of like that whole Green Lantern universe, I wouldn't mind playing Sinestro either. Um, and oh, yeah, that would be really cool. Oh, that would be super <laughs> fun. Oh, my yeah. gosh, yes. So, yeah, I, I love playing villains. Um, in fact, I was okay. at a panel for Arcane specifically. Uh, a mm-hmm. couple of weekends ago at a at a con in, in Pennsylvania and somebody asked me if you could play anybody in in Arcane besides your character who would you play and without a beat I mean it didn't take me a moment to think of this I wanted to play Silco 
because yeah. Silco is a horrible human being, but he also has mm-hmm. some of the most transformative lines. And you probably got into this with Jason, but Absolutely. like the way that he empowers, affirms, accepts Powder, who becomes Jinx, right? As a on a parental level, and just gives her that unconditional acceptance and love mm-hmm. and encouragement mm-hmm. and empowerment and will do anything for her, that's a truly noble quality about him. Like, he yes, might be a absolutely. horrible human pe- being, and he might even be a suspect father, but in terms of being a nurturer and a parent in that sense, he's, he's an example. Yeah. He's, he's everything absolutely. that we all need as a parent. And so, uh, like, if I could play anybody in Arcane, it would absolutely be Silco, because, you know, it's just what a role. Um, yeah. Having said yeah. that, I, I I cast no shade at, at Jason. I think Jason nailed it, and my my impression of Zilco or of Silco, my my performance of Silco would ever only be basically a shadow of his original work. He he just kills it as as that guy. He, he did do an extremely convincingly good job yeah. at that. Like I mean, that oh, was an astounding so thing. Good. Um, so yeah, much it really, it's it's one of those haunting performances it really well, and, is and what was um, what was interesting is like those first three episodes you kind of get like a, a teaser of silco like mm-hmm. we, we didn't understand how deep we would go with him and then yeah. the, the last six episodes you're like oh he's like like at the forefront of every episode <laughs> like this is mm-hmm. this is amazing so yeah. um but yeah no but at it, the end of the day he's his character's dead yeah. your character's not <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you can rub that in his face <laughs> whereas the professor lives on <laughs> i wouldn't trade characters with anyone i'm so proud mm-hmm. and uh-huh. and and honored to be able to hold the yordle torch as it were as as yes. heimerdinger yeah. um but yeah, Silco is a gorgeous character that that Christian and Alex and their team came up with. Just oh yeah. my gosh, so rich. Well, is there? Is, oh, go ahead, Mike. Sorry, let me ask this one. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a quick one. Um, I know that you were unfamiliar with the um, IP in the world whenever you first got into this, but um, did you ever learn any of the characters or anything like that outside of Arcane? Is there any character there that you would be interested in? You know, taking up the mantle of if it you know happened to be available. Um, yeah, you know, um, there's a very talented voice actor named Kellen Goff, who in League mm-hmm. of Legends plays Fiddlesticks. Oh, and oh Phil- yeah. Fiddlesticks, <laughs> just from reading his lore, is such a mm-hmm. haunting character. Oh, I yeah, mean, absolutely. you talk He's about scary, true scary, scary. shit. <laughs> and, and Kellen does a fantastic job of making him scary. Um, Absolutely, in all yeah. the right ways. So uh, again, not that I want to see that you ask me these questions and all I can think is I don't want to take somebody's job. Uh, <laughs> right. But you know, if all things are equal and everybody's going to be happy at the end of the day, would I love to take on the mantle of a character like that or to take on that character? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, yeah. I would yeah. be inspired by what Kellen did and, and making that kind of raspy, you know, husk of a husk of a creature, husk of an entity, you know, feeling come to life in, in the mm-hmm. vocal quality and in the, and in the personality. Um, just doing a deep dive on that is kind of exciting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. really the only yeah. one on the outs in the outside of the lore that I'm familiar enough with to say that I'd want to play him. Um, I know mm-hmm. that there are some league champions out there that are favorites though, that weren't in arcane uh, like, Oh yeah. Or, or that we haven't seen yet in arcane like Warwick, I think 
Um, yes. And I know Singe we've seen in Arcane, but we haven't seen him. Yep. We haven't seen him, you know, have uh, character development yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Singe would be another good one. Um, yeah. But as you can tell, I gravitate towards the bad guys. <laughs> I like yeah. playing the villains. I would say he has uh, plenty of bad guys for you to pick from. I'm just so. saying, I I know your vocal range is is very good. I would just say if if the character, this is my favorite character by the way, and he is a villain, Tom Kench, if he ever comes across as available, you should definitely you go for him because me. I feel like that you would definitely kill it. Thank you. you. It, so. I will keep an eye out. Yes. Tom Kench, got it. <laughs> Tom Kent. Yeah, yes. he's a he's a like a ginormous catfish, like the epitome of like gluttony and greed. Ooh, and he's just yeah. got this like he, southern drawl that's just it's like silky smooth. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's that. very it's very very cool. I feel yeah. like you could bring a lot of life to that character. But anyways, um <laughs> I think that that pretty much that's it for you, Sean. Yeah, right? that's it for me. So awesome. this All has right. been amazing. So, I, I yeah. Thanks so much for for coming on. This is I know the listeners are going to love this. So yeah, um, yeah, no, that's amazing. Thanks, guys. And I, uh, you know, anytime you want to have me back, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'm happy to happy to join you. Good, uh, you know, all the best on the podcast here, and thank you for having me as mm-hmm. a guest. No problem Absolutely. at all. Thank you very much for joining. I just want to go ahead and say, um, make sure to check him out on all of his socials. Um, it's it's Mick Wingert. Yep. Just as it is on basically every single one of your socials, I believe. Yep. Right. That's correct. Yep. At Mick Wingert. All right. Exactly. So uh, you're set there. And then is there anything else that you would like to, you know, promote or anything like that? While anything you're on here? the horizon that we, we yeah, need anything to be on the horizon that's um, coming? If you, if you guys have Littles or if you're Batman fans or both, mm-hmm. um, I would want to invite all the listening audience to tune in for Bat Wheels as it uh, debuts on Cartoon Network and on uh, HBO Max uh, later this fall. It's a preschool show for... Uh, or set in Gotham in the Batman universe. And I'm very excited to be part of the cast for that. Uh, for those who are... Uh, celebrity trackers, and I'm not going to make any commentary, but I will simply say that Ethan Hawke is our Batman uh, on the show. Oh, wow. um, really? That's yeah. awesome. It, <laughs> and so there you have that. But uh, but it's I'm super proud of of the work that I get to do on that show. Um, again, it's mm-hmm. it's going to be um, crafted for a preschool audience, but there's definitely going right. to be some some adult uh, crossover some stuff, some some overtones right. that'll help keep the parents engaged as well. Um, because uh, you know preschools don't care about Ethan Hawke, but moms <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so needless to say, uh, I'm proud about that. I'd also love to pitch my, again my my podcast, my personal podcast, The mm-hmm. Hidden Frequencies. We've got a couple of new episodes about to drop. It's mm-hmm. horror anthology. If you're a fan of that, and um, mm-hmm. it's hidden thehiddenfrequencies.com. Um, you can also find it on Spotify, Apple podcasts google podcasts wherever you wherever you listen to your favorite shows like this one there you go yeah we'll, we'll definitely check that one out for sure that seems right up our alley actually <laughs> right on cool. but all right well that's going to wrap it up for this episode everyone thank you all so much for tuning in we really appreciate it and we will see you next week peace all right done <sighs> that wow. was amazing right i mean it's like one of those things where it's like you know because i've I've watched other interviews with mick and i'm like okay this guy's cool like you know Mm -hmm. i'm sure we're gonna get along i didn't realize like he was that cool you know like so (laughs) chill 
It's yeah, and and I love our format. I'm, I'm, I don't mean to toot our own horn, right? But like the format that we have, you know, it's it's very much like, hey, we're just hanging out and we're we're chit chatting and yeah. kind of just you know, uh, just it, you know, speaking, um, you know, what's on our minds and stuff. And man, like the the reverence that that Mick has for Heimerdinger, um, as as not only a character but like as a as an icon, um, in the league IP is is really like uh. It, uh, damn it i'm getting a little teary-eyed now it's really <laughs> endearing and, and i know you guys are like yeah, i know half our audience is like rolling their eyes they're like oh my god yeah. sean like sean's crying again yeah, so I, again <laughs> and uh <laughs> but it's like when you when you've been around this character it's like how do you explain it? it's 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 like if you like read lord of the rings right mm-hmm. but you've been reading it yearly yeah uh for the last 10 years and then suddenly you get to meet um you know Elijah Wood, or you get to meet yeah. um, Ian McKellen or something like that. You know, like, like you, you, you think you could prepare yourself, but then you're really just not prepared. So, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah, I, I think I think you're definitely right. I think that the kind of casual um, vibe of our format helps stoke the flames for deeper conversation overall. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I definitely feel like we get a lot of that um out of, of the people that we interview, which is which is great. And it also feels much better too. So Yeah. Um but yeah, no, I I've J- having Jason on was amazing. Um having Mick on was also equally amazing. But yeah, it is it is so cool to see how much passion both of these actors have for their character. I think that that's the yeah. most important thing that I've seen. And it's, it's definitely something that is not always the case, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, not the case with, uh, with Mick. Mick is, he is, you know, knee deep in Heimerdinger's, you know, just, uh, uh, persona. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah, it, it was, it was one of those things. It was, uh, I, I mean, I say it out loud in the beginning, but man, I was just geeking out, like hearing <laughs> Heimerdinger talk to me and I'm just, it's like, it's one of those things like you, you just, you're just not prepared for, you know, whenever it happens in person. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, no, it's good to hear that, you know, Mick is, is a fierce proponent of, of voice acting and, and, you know, he's, a, mm-hmm. he's a, a coach and teacher. And yeah. so he definitely wants to make sure that, um, the next generation is is embracing and, and cherishing voice acting. And, um, you know, it, it's one of those where it's, you know, in the past you would uh, you wouldn't really think too much about it. But then as you get older and you go revisit some of these, um, you know, these animations that that are close to your your youthful heart. Right. Mm. Like suddenly you, you have a, a deeper appreciation of the work that's put into it. I know for me, it's it's always been um, the Justice League Unlimited series. Um, and just, you know, how, how good those, uh, those voice actors are on it. And, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, you're listening to it and you're like, oh, okay, that's, that's Superman. And that's, that's Green Lantern. And, right. you know, you get the surface that's, level that's Martian Manhunter. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. But then as an adult, you're like, like these guys put in work, man. Like yeah. they give a shit. And that's, that's the thing I always look for now, right. When it comes to performances, and it's very easy to tell when people phone it in or whenever they are giving it their all. And uh, Mick is, is nothing short of just, uh, you know, putting every little ounce of sweat into Heimerdinger. Um, so yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's cool. And I'm, I'm just happy that this character is in the right hands, you know, as, as someone that's been close to the character for so long, 
it's uh it, it gives me a level of comfort to to know the appreciation that he has for the uh the the ip itself so yeah i agree and i think it was interesting that um actually the you know the writers were hell-bent on making heimerdinger work right yes which yeah. i think was a a really good move to kind of set the tone at the beginning because yep. you know this is a world where it has many different races and some of them are goofier than others right um at least at first glance uh, especially mm-hmm. in the video game medium but i think that they really did a lot um for the cinematic part of this world that's coming now that they're building up by mm-hmm. bringing one of those characters in right at the beginning and setting the tone saying well, these characters are going to feel like real characters yeah yeah and, and i can just think you know yeah. it, 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 you know heimerdinger was the yordle litmus test essentially like if, yeah if they can sell heimer then they they're going to feel more confident bringing in the poppies and the the tristanas and mm-hmm. um you know um the the ziggs i can't wait to see ziggs on screen that's going to be so much fun it will um, be I interesting hope we could... yeah yeah because <laughs> he's, he's a, a pyromaniac <laughs> exactly he's yeah. a crazier character but he also has at least in the lore like he has a friendship with heimerdinger so i wonder if we're going to see a a slightly more grounded version of that like i could yeah. see an incredibly eccentric right kind of pyromaniac um kind of like uh almost like a little more grounded hatsume in uh my hero academia yeah you know well, what i'm talking about um yeah i i would actually compare him more to like um like a junk rat from uh overwatch kind of thing where yeah. he's just like kind of wild and and zany mm-hmm. and it's like one of those where you're like you put up with him because he, he does, he, you know, you do love him, but at the same time, he can probably wear on you. And I could totally see Ziggs wearing on Heimerdinger pretty quickly, but oh, absolutely. like, oh God, like my mother will kill me if I don't entertain Ziggs while he's here. It almost kind of reminds me of like, uh, like, you know, you have like a, a full life, right? You know, an adult life. And then you're like old college buddy who never quite yeah. grew out of and, it. And he's like, hey, I'm going to crash on your couch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That is literally the vibe. That, yeah, so that, that Ziggs and Heimerdinger is gonna. <laughs> I feel like that is for sure gonna be it. So I'm either way, like, but you know, it, there are those kinds of characters. We have Lulus, right? We yeah. have we have Timos, right? Which mm-hmm. is in a league of its its own. He's a Boy Scout. So yeah. uh, you know, we have a whole bunch of different kinds of Yordles because they are definitely the the quirkiest of the bunch. I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, like I I can't wait till we explore more of those characters and as i think you even pointed this out like it would be a great way to kind of bring in to kind of branch out um the ip and even do like a, a children's show or something like that basing around yordles um in uh Bandlewood or something like that yeah would yeah. be really really cool so there's so much they can do with it because it's such a vibrant ip filled with all different types of um you know characters races and creeds all that kind of stuff so well and i was thinking too like it it would have been much more jarring, right? Whenever, so like the first three episodes, mm-hmm. um, you know, we were introduced to Heimerdinger, right? Yeah. And we kind of, they set the stage for these, you know, whimsical creatures to to be in this world, right? But then the opening sequence of episode four is the, uh, the carnival thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right. Uh, Progress Day. And we start to see Vestayans, right? Right. And I feel like if we didn't if we didn't have a character like Heimerdinger grounding us um, in this in this world, then whenever those Vestayans showed up, I think it would have been a little, a little jarring, more jarring. You yeah. know, 
Yeah, we would have been like, especially like for your your average viewer, they would have been like, what the hell where these guys come from? But but because Heimerdinger was, you know, a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent sold to us by Mick and the the production team, mm-hmm. like. The, when we start seeing those those oddball creatures, suddenly we're just like, oh yeah, no, that's part of it. Yeah. So he had a lot of work to do. That I think, you know, I, I think in his mind he, he was probably like, oh yeah, you know, I'm doing a, a funky, you know, professor that has you know has his proteges and stuff. And I'm like, no, I think like you are allowing people to immerse themselves in the world because of your Heimerdinger performance, right? Um, when you get average viewers taken. A, a little, you know, furry man with a giant, you know, uh, hair and, and goggles. Like, seriously, like mm-hmm. you've you've set the stage um, in the best way possible. So. Well, I do think I do think Mick is a very humble guy to begin with. I bet yeah. he knows he killed it. I bet he knows yeah. he fucking <laughs> that's, the, that's what I was trying to get out of him. I was like, exactly. what was the moment where you're like, this is my shit. Like, back off. I you fucking know? Like, am Heimerdinger, yeah. bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no one can compare. Like... <laughs> But uh, but yeah, man, the, the man crushed it, and it was. I mean, it was it was an awesome performance, and um, I, I can't wait to see him in in season two. It, you know, hanging out with Echo, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. talk about a fun dynamic. Like when we start seeing Heimer and Echo, because Echo, and we've talked about this. Echo is is a um, you know a, a, a protege or not a protege? Um, what was it? Um, um, and I can't remember the name of it. Um, savant, right? Like he's, oh, yeah. he's literally like a, like a, a boy genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the fact that, and we saw a little, little tease of it whenever Heimer and him were talking about, you know, his actuators on, on his, yeah, you know, a meeting glider of the and stuff. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, and then, you know, it wasn't like a cocky way. It was a very like, no. you know, like very just, you know, a respectful way where he's like, well, down in the, the sumps, it's, uh, you know, the air's thinner there, you know, um, yeah. so you have to pitch it up. And Heimer immediately is like, oh, that actually makes perfect sense. OK, yeah. you know what the hell you're talking about. Like, very interesting. So I'm excited to see them there. collaborate. That was, yeah. that was very like that didn't seem that was one of those moments for people who know the lore. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, that was that's an awesome moment. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For, other, for people that are coming in that, that don't know the lore as well or just being introduced to it. I mean, it's, it seems like a great moment, right? You're like, oh, cool. These two characters are meeting. But like that really is a big deal. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, I, it, I love it's effectively two to the smartest people in the game from like from opposite from, ends, from opposite ends. Yeah. From right. built over from Zon meeting together for a unified cause. And uh, exactly. Yeah, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. So it's going to be. Dude, I literally just got chills too when I was thinking. Did you really? (laughs) I'm not kidding. (laughs) I was just like, whoa, whoa." got that that chicken skin. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, the more, it's funny, like how, like I'm not, I don't like theory crafting. I think we we talked about this a little bit, but I, I, theory crafting is always like a after Westworld. It's a very I dangerous mean, area I love for theory me. Crafting, but yeah, like yeah. It, well, that was the thing is like I was I was a very active participant on the Westworld mm-hmm. subreddit, and Westworld subreddit basically predicted the entire show, and I was like, oh okay, that kind of takes a lot of the fun out of it. But um, so that's why I'm always a little like, hey. You know, fan theories are are fun, but don't get too entrenched in them because the last thing you want to do is come up with a really cool idea and then see something that really isn't, um, you know, uh, it doesn't really meet that same level on screen where if you were just kind of ignorant to it, you'd be like, oh, this is awesome, you know? Yeah. So that's my whole, that's my cautionary tale 
um, to the <laughs> listeners. So, um, well, I'm all yeah. for the theory crafting. I should go for 100. <laughs> percent um, But yeah, well, there's just so many ways. We we don't know. I don't think there's yeah. a good way that you can predict this because you, they have obviously shown they're not following canon. You know, yep. Um, yeah. They're gonna do their their own thing. Whether you know league. They, they adapt the arcane world to League's canon. We don't know mm-hmm. yet. Um, but regardless, some people care about that. Some people don't. It doesn't matter. The point is, is that we don't know where the path ends anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, the ride's going to be amazing, though. So I, I can't wait to, to see what happens there. But Oh, yeah. It's going to be um, epic. Yeah, just having Heimerdinger here and, you know, listening. <laughs> you know, we spoke to Heimerdinger. You know, Heimerdinger is a character yeah. playing playing mick is really what yeah, it yeah, is. yeah 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 exactly <laughs> <laughs> but no it was it was just such a great experience um he's a a wonderful dude uh hanging out with him was just so much fun uh, i yeah. was super happy to do it i can't wait to do it again so it's gonna be, it's gonna be yeah fun, he already so. said he wants to come back for um you know season two or, or something else that we want to do so you know, I'm I'm super pumped about that. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to have him back. And yeah. I think I, I, I do think it was interesting that he said that he was I don't remember if we talked about this on there was a question that happened at the end of the interview uh, that we spoke about after we had already turned off everything. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull it into the, you know, edit it into the conversation that we had or not, but um, we talked about villains at one point. Did was that on the interview or was that after the interview? I don't remember. It, it's oh, all blurred to me. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. for for those we'll of you, out, so. I guess yeah. For those of you, you may know what we're talking about. You may not. I don't know where where that placement of that question was, but um, you know, I do think it was interesting that he said that he actually does have a desire to play villains and that he likes to play villains. And he, um, you know, wanted to potentially play Silco, actually, um, until Jason did an, that amazing performance, as, yeah, as he it. said. Yeah. It was, like, going to be impossible to beat. Um, but, yeah, so I would love to see him. He does have such a wide range of voices. Like, I would be very interested to see him come, you know, play he, two he's characters. Definitely, he's definitely one of the, the most, uh, like, weather veterans yeah, and versatile out there. So he's got a wide range of just a wide wide range right um when it comes to yeah. performing um you know going as far as from like you know jack black uh impersonating you know, mm-hmm. on kung fu panda to uh heimerdinger tony stark to, all that kind of stuff. Uh, tony stark yeah. yeah so it's it's really impressive you know how he can uh kind of just dive into that kind of like seth mcfarland style right yeah um so yeah it's i, I can't wait to uh, he's someone I'll, I'll be following um you know moving forward so mm-hmm. as his projects do come out like i'm gonna make an make a point to uh to give him a go each time so um because he, he just yeah he really is that level of talent and skill yeah so. and we do see in animes how like you know it's not uncommon at all to have one character that may even be the main character play several other characters inside of the anime yeah. So would yeah. you be opposed to them doing something like that in Arcane or would you rather take like, you know, everyone's got one role in Arcane? I think Arcane is is a, um, you know, we're at a certain level of I don't want to use this word, but like prestige in a way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's it's almost like a disservice to to have, you know, the the main voice actors play mm-hmm. multiple like now if if you're. Uh, you know, um, an assortment of voices, right? And you're playing like 
people in the crowd and stuff, different story. But like, I feel like whenever you you are a, a main character in the storyline, you really have to just kind of, um, like, you know, silo that that actor so that way, um, there isn't a, a, a chance for uh, cross contamination. If that makes sense. So, yeah, for you to pick up the voice on someone. Else. Yeah, yeah, and and you can you can totally do that with um with, with those kind of performances. You, you you've heard it in cartoons and stuff like that. How before, do you feel so. about characters like? Um, in, in Jason's circumstance with Silco, where Silco is now dead. I, I think it's going to be very difficult for Jason to like get into like, cause he has such a unique in like, like, um, like kind of like that, that I don't want to say like Style. warm raspy voice kind of going. Right. It's not, it's um, not raspy. It's more of yeah. like this. I don't know, what silver tongued smooth. Silver. T- yeah. Like, well, and that's the thing is like, if, if he does something something else it has to be dramatically different right like yeah like um, what we saw with that one character he plays in legends of runeterra yeah yeah the uh the the boxtopus right boxtopus, so he plays yeah. like a scottish bo- boxing octopus yeah i remember and he it's said actually just a amazing of it yeah we told him like oh my god i can't believe that you played this character because we went and, and looked afterwards um because he was uncredited and we we heard that character and we the funny thing about that was that uh, Sean and I have literally talked about those type of characters um, before. There's this very mm-hmm. niche set of characters in Legends of Runeterra that are this out like crazy wild personality, um, you know, kind of Southern or, or Scottish, um, like over the top kind of personalities in there. Yeah. And they're the funnest characters in there. And oh, sure yeah. enough, uh, Jason played one of them. So yeah, if, if yeah. he played something like that, because I could not place Jason's voice there you know what i mean no, not, no. not silco jason and that's the thing is i feel like silco jason is a much more personal if that makes sense like he's he's yeah. really not like you know dramatically changing his voice too much right it, it's definitely a certain tone and it, mm-hmm. it it embeds in the character but it's very much um jason kind of putting everything out there right like that's his yeah. His uh, cream de la croix, right? His, yeah. his magnum, his, right? Opus. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's one of those like like Mick with Heimerdinger. It's such a dramatic difference that if if Mick got a more you know kind of like uh, humanized role that wasn't as as dramatic, then I I think he could do it, you know, um, mm-hmm. because it, it would serve in contrast to um, our our friendly, you know, Grandpa Yordle, right? Exactly. Um, so it's it's interesting, you know. I, I I'm not saying like because th- th- these men are are professionals and and extremely skilled and talented. I'm not saying like they can't do what what they can do. Like they they can do whatever they want. But it's like it's one of those things where it's, it's interesting just to analyze from the outside looking in, and and uh, you can kind of get a a better understanding of the decisions that are made in the background whenever you kind of really entertain these uh, hypotheticals. So yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. Either way, um, we don't have to worry about that with with Heimer at least because he his place is secured for a very long time. I would imagine. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's immortal, so, so you know he'll be. For, yeah, a very very long time. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I think I, that's pretty much all. Uh, like I'm set after that. Are you good, or well, did you need to we, talk about anything else? We need to do the uh, reviews real quick. Well, of course out. we need to do the reviews. Come on, I'm talking obviously. about for for this portion of the show. Is there oh reviews? yeah, yeah. You totally did not forget about the reviews. I totally so. did not ever. Forget uh, about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's it for me. So yeah, I, I say we jump into 
the the marvelous reviews that we've been getting from from our uh, lovely fans. All right, so let's go ahead and get into these reviews. There are quite a few of them, so mm-hmm. let's just take it one by one here. We're going to alternate. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, not too many. Not you too sound many scared, re- Mike. Yeah. Are you scared? <laughs> well, I do have to follow up on a Silco performance, so, you know, you're not going to be getting the best. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> but anyways, um, so let's go ahead and, and kick it off. Sean, you go ahead and start first. Okay, so we've got a review from uh, Canada from the user clever title pun um and clever title pun says great podcast for newbies and veterans to lull alike i wanted to write this review to personally thank you guys for filling the arcane shape hole in mine and many others hearts i went into the show with no idea what league of legends was but after finishing the whole show in two days (laughs) i was immediately hooked and now thanks to podcasts like yours i'm somewhat of a lore expert myself. Hmm. Yeah. Just uh, tell your friends, you know, Yeah. now you can Uh, school all your friends. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, you want to, you want to be on my level? You got to go listen to this podcast. Um, Exactly. Anyways, thanks again. And if you're reading this on the podcast, I'm sure the episode was great. Thanks Uh so much. Clever title pun. We appreciate that. Um, Definitely tell your friends, you know, so, um, he already knew the episode was great too. Like he, exactly. He read into the future. Amazing. (laughs) 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 all right uh this one comes from ali the potato Ah. it is crazy that a potato is now talking to us our fans i'm not surprised yeah i mean i'm telling you you know (laughs) all right so this one's titled these guys just get it after watching the series much like most others it just wasn't enough the rewatches weren't enough i found this podcast in a desperate attempt to find more content about the show and wow did i stumble upon a gold mine Mike, especially, and maybe Sean. <laughs> she does not say but- that. <laughs> Ellie does not say that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Mike and Sean clearly created this pod because of their passion that they share for the show and the game and all that ties into it. The details, theories, speculation, reviews, and hilarious banter made it feel like you were sitting around and talking to friends. I'm looking forward to the next time we get to hear them debrief on the next brilliant project Riot puts out. Keep it up, dudes. We'll right. do, Allie. We'll keep Allie it the up. potato, we will definitely keep it up. <laughs> Thank you very much. That is That's probably one of the greatest names. It really is, like, yeah. one of the best. So. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next one comes from Boy Named Blue. Most excellent. Great in-depth reviews of each and every episode, along with great insights into the universe. And the back and forth between the two is pretty hilarious. I would give it more stars if I could. Hey, you know, Boy Named Blue, if you just want to log in with another account and, you know, give us more stars, like, we're not going to say no to that. <laughs> exactly, okay? exactly. So we'll, we'll never say don't no do that, but <laughs> we're not going to stop you. Okay, so. It does go uh, against the toss of Apple. Yes, but, yes, uh, yeah. yes. Yeah, so don't do that, okay? <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, going on to the next one, we have... Uh, yeah. Huashaha, I think. Yeah, that sounds that's, about right. That's yeah. as close as it's getting. <laughs> it says, uh, wonderful podcast. These guys are great. Really enjoyed listening through. Uh, you can tell they're good friends and just having a laugh. I do wish they catered more to the heavily knowledgeable audience as they tend to treat the listeners as someone who knows nothing about lol, but that's just me. Uh, 
you know, that's actually a really good, like, thought to, to throw out there because that is something that we we have to balance a bit. Yeah. Because yeah. one thing we have got, like, so much more feedback on than I ever thought we would have is that there's so many people coming in with zero knowledge of the IP. Yeah. They're specifically yeah. site. They're like, God, we knew nothing of the IP. Thanks for explaining it to us. That being said, I think I, we, we definitely do try to go in into the niches a little bit more mm-hmm. for the more knowledgeable people. Um, but yeah, looking into it, the future, you know, maybe we'll be able to either find a way to really go into that further or, you know, we've been talking about, <clears throat> and I, I don't want to like pay gate stuff, but like it just for the sake of, of time, cause we do have other things we have to do, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> but, um, we are talking about, you know, bringing in a Patreon or something like that, um, in the future, maybe we can do like real deeper dives into stuff like later on, mm-hmm. um, something, something with there, I don't know yet, but, um, yeah, we definitely want to cater to both audience. We just have to figure out a way to do it. Maybe well, we're just dumb. we don't know. Part, do yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just idiots, you know. So, exactly. <laughs> well, but in and part of it too is like, you know, and I know, I it, I know this probably maybe was triggered off of um, whenever we kind of teased the darkens, right? Right. Um, because I, if I was listening, I would have been like, no. Go into the darkens. Yeah. But like the thing is, is with the darkens, it was that's one of those where we purposely throttle the brakes because we're like, we've literally spent five hours talking. Yeah, about that's hours before. upon hours. Yeah. of discussion. <laughs> and it's it's like in the thing is, is it, the, the way the timeline works, the darkens like they are all across the timeline. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can't just talk about one period with them. It's like the, the, it all links up so you're weaving that, a basket basically yeah yeah so <laughs> um, uh so but we we do hear you and um you know we do want to uh, accommodate um people that do have a, a heavier knowledge into the the ip um but for for this particular podcast we do want to keep it a little bit lighter um you know, that way you know for the people that are that are new because arcane's bringing so many you know new people into it and it's just so exciting so Which we want to so cool yeah yeah we, we really want to make sure that they they feel welcome and um they, they get excited too because man they're they're everyone's in for a treat so yeah um we, we can tell you definitively after you know diving into this lord like it we this is the very tippy tippy top of the iceberg like we aren't even in underwater yet like oh, i can't get wait till we get underwater <laughs> <laughs> all right your turn awesome awesome so yeah so the next one comes from shag carpet wooden floors it's like watching arcane all over again i'm about to start episode nine review and I'm already missing these guys. I'm listening to this podcast uh, before re-watching the series, hoping it will give me an even greater appreciation of the world of Runeterra. Love the banter between these two and their love for Mama Medarda, especially endearing. <laughs> I appreciate men who appreciate strong women. So, wait, hey, you know, we love our Mama Medardas, our mm. Mama Sejuani's, um, oh, you yeah. know. Uh, our Mama Ashes. Mama Ashes, Mama Lissandra's, uh, Mama Lissandra's. <laughs> you know, there's, and that's that's the uh, Mama Lowey, right? So oh, Mama Lowey, no, that's I that's love a big one. <laughs> Yeah, um, and that's the thing is, you know, one of the things that we love about League's IP is they've made a concerted effort to make really strong women. That mm-hmm. unfortunately, we, you know, we we're starting to see the tides turn, right? It's starting yeah. to happen, but um, as a you know, someone that that grew up in a family of women that are all very, you know, 
uh, strong-minded. Uh, <laughs> we, we've butted heads many a times, but it's it's one of those things where I'm so used to seeing, um, you know, strong, you know, uh, uh, personas in my life mm-hmm. um, that whenever we started to see these characters pop up in League of Legends, uh, it, it just may, makes you love them even more. So get ready, because if you think Mama Darda is a strong woman, you haven't seen nothing yet. There's some women on the that are uh, in this game that'll blow your fucking mind. So yeah, get absolutely. ready. Like, yeah, I it, once a Lowey comes onto screen, I'm going to lose it. dude. It's going to be amazing. So. P.S. My love for Tom Kench is the <laughs> equal to Sean's strange love for a Lowey. So. <laughs> strange, not strange to me. So I love, love a Lowey. So, um, but yeah, no, we, we appreciate the review and, and yeah, get ready for more strong. Yes. Women, so. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Um, all right. So the next, oh, so we, we've got a short oh, one. I'm just going right, to do this one right. real off real quick. So I, I love this. This comes from Peanut Joe Pop, Peanut Joe Pop 007. There's a lot in there <laughs> uh, to digest. Prime Victor Simping. Good. Listen to it. Appreciate it. Peanut Joe Pop 007. Sometimes no. that's all you need. You, it, know I mean? you know, like that's, that's one that I can take away and be like, yeah, that's, it. <laughs> that's the vibe. So. All right. Well, the next one is all J. And uh, it's titled Addicted. <laughs> Let's just say if this For podcast. For better or worse. Like... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> All right. So it starts off. Uh, Let's just say if this podcast was Shimmer, I'd immediately inject slash inhale slash smoke slash drink, shoot it in my eye, whatever mm-hmm. form okay. there is to do it. Coming in, I knew nothing about LOL, League of Legends, by the way. Uh, and uh, the world of Runeterra, and after falling in love with Arcane and quickly discovering this podcast, I've fallen deeper in love. Seriously, though, I'll be with you guys on this journey till the very end. Hell yeah. Now that is commitment. Hell if yeah. If you're going to shoot our podcast up your arm or in your eye, you are a fan for life, my friend. Yes, Thank right. you very much. Because <laughs> uh, we, we've got you. You so are part of the COR family officially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. No, we appreciate that all day. That's awesome. Yes. All right. So the next one is from Maffer Viz. Uh, love it. You joined me on my hiking and it just made it a thousand percent better. I almost felt we were all having a conversation since I was almost commenting stuff about the scenes myself <laughs> and laughing so hard with you. I've never played the game, but I love everything you added to Arcane with all that information. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Maffer. Uh, we're glad, you know, you're you're coming in fresh and you're enjoying it. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I can I'm imagining you commenting um, and talking to us and people walking past you on your hikes, uh, looking at you like a crazy person. So um, <laughs> if you're willing to go, if you're that committed, you're welcome. So to yeah, the I was say, so, I'm more impressed absolutely. with the fact that I've been. Um, hiking and I never even yeah. knew about this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I need to count my steps. What am I exactly, doing? You yeah. know? Come on. <laughs> All right. Um, so we go to the last one of the bunch, and this one is also. Oh, oh, that's right. They want the whole thing in Silco, right? Ooh. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Let me just hold on because I'm I'm reading this for the first time. Uh, okay. Is this? Wait. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is the Silco. All right. All yep, right. Yep. Okay. Wow, this is going to be tough. <laughs> this one's long. <laughs> I'm literally just just like Jason. I need two seconds here to listen to his monologue. Yeah. Okay, I got it. I'm there. I'm in the zone. <clears throat> I'm going to do Jason proud. You got this. 
All right, so this is from Izzy, and it's titled, For Those Unhealthily Obsessed with Arcane, This is the Podcast for You. All right. I found COR on Spotify and literally downloaded Apple Podcasts just to leave this review. TLDR. Listen, laugh, and learn about League of Legends lore. Are you feeling the arcane-shaped vacuum since episode 8 aired, starving for crumbs of content to tide you over until season 2 releases? Just looking for two guys who are also terrified slash fascinated by Mama the Daughter? This does not sound like Silco anymore. <laughs> I'm being seduced and I'm confused. You know? Know. <laughs> this is very confusing to me too. <laughs> All right, I'm diving back in. Join the club, folks. This is the podcast for you. It's entertaining, educational, and at times hilariously rigorous in its recap of episodes and theories. But hey... They did say it's a deep dive. You get what you click for. <laughs> a great way to learn about the lore for newbies to the Runeterra universe. Basically, this podcast has been my faithful companion for the past few weeks to cope with the arcane brain rot I've had since last year. Please make more before I'm forced to rewatch it for the tenth time and start blurting Imagine Dragons lyrics mid-conversation. <laughs> Truly awesome content. Can't wait to see what comes next. P.S. If you ever see and read this, I want it in Silco's voice, please. <laughs> Hashtag, obviously. Huh. Ooh. The spirit Peterson. of yes, Man. the spirit of Silco just left my body. By the way, oh. <laughs> you could that only was, channel it for so long. And I can you, only your body could only contain it. You it know? was definitely like, t- past the first three words. It became something <laughs> twisted. <laughs> it felt wrong just saying it <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> oh my god! But all right, that's that it. Good. I did it for you guys. Thanks, Izzy, for that. So finally, we are done with the reviews. We're caught up. Oof. So, you know, keep the reviews coming. We will read them off on the next one. Absolutely. Um, I can't say officially, I guess, who we're having on next. So, um, but we're in discussions. So, yeah. Looking forward to talking to you guys again. Should be next month at some point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're trying to space them out. Like we had mentioned, I think, on yeah, the this last is a pod. Slow roll. You it's know, a, it's so. a marathon, not a sprint. That's for sure. Yeah. So we're trying to make the content last for you guys, you know, until the next um, season starts. It's going to be a little bit, but that's what we're here to do. Hopefully this helps. Uh, But anyways, yeah, I think that we're pretty much done, right? Yeah, we're all set. All right. That's going to wrap it up for this episode, guys. Thank you all so much for tuning in and listening. We really, really appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Peace.